Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. It's made possible in part by contributions from podcast listeners. Please consider making a contribution by going to the Donate Now tab at mpbonline.org. Thanks for your financial support. Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio, where each week we talk with creative Mississippians. I'm your host, Leslie Barker, Arts-Based Community Development Director at the Mississippi Arts Commission. And today I'm talking with musician and songwriter Tania Sanders. Tania's music has been featured in several independent films and on Netflix and HBO. Welcome, Tania. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me, Leslie. I'm so excited to to talk with you. I recently became a very big fan because I saw a performance of yours uh, with the symphony orchestra and a lot of other people and artists and moving parts that we're going to talk about. So we're going to jump in with that because right now we're in the thick of grant season at the Mississippi Arts Commission, and you received a grant for a project. You received an individual project grant, which is relatively new, and we'll talk about that. It's basically an individual can apply to do a project, an arts project, without having to be part of a 501c3, and you received one. So tell us what that afforded you the opportunity to do. Yeah, first off, I'm so grateful for that because you know, we're really lucky as Mississippians, we really are to have a system like, you know, the MAC and to have, um, you know, Greater Jackson Art Council and all of these places where we can get really great funding. And you guys just have been so great at the MAC. So I want to say thank you, number one. And I applied for the grant because I really wanted to do a collaboration with the Mississippi Symphony Orchestra and also have Tougaloo College involved because mm-hmm. I wanted to do a piece around social issues and how can we bring a chamber choir in and collaborate with the symphony and add a hip hop artist like Fifth Child. And so it was this fun thing that I got to do with um, Kraft and Beck at the symphony mm-hmm. and just bring everybody together. And it was the first interactive event that they've had at Kate's Chapel. And I just it just was so fascinating to have all these worlds collide. So that grant made that whole thing possible for me. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of what you guys uh, give at the Mac. Thank you. And I, I really, I just have to tell you, you know, community development is my area. And that was just one of the most amazing community collaborations I've seen, I've ever seen probably. But I mean, just let's tell people who maybe don't know what it was, like what it was called and what the end product was. And then I want to do a little background on how you got there. Yeah, yeah. So the event was called Symphony. um, It was called Symphony in the Community. And Kraft and Beck teamed up with Cade's Chapel and Reverend Buckley there, and they brought this beautiful event together. And I was a part of that because Crafton and I were already talking about collaborating. He said, Tania, well, let's do it at um, a black church and really bring in the community for free. I was like, game on, I'm on board. And it just became this thing that mixed hip hop, it mixed gospel, it mixed um, classical music. And and I did a piece that was kind of an inspirational piece. And so we had a lot of moving parts going on. 
And everybody loved it. I think it was a little bit of something for everybody, for the younger people involved. They got some hip hop and they've got some R&B style work. And, you know, for the older people, they got to hear gospel and they also got to see the symphony. My family was so excited about that. They were like, oh, my God, we got to see the symphony today. So it really was like one of the coolest event. And it was the first one that we've ever done in the city of Jackson. And it was packed. Like everybody, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was totally full. I was, it was amazing. And you had, you had what, the Tougaloo Chamber singers were there and the uh-huh. choir Tougaloo from the Chamber church from. as well? Yes, Kay Chapel, their, their uh, gospel choir, yes. It was just beautiful. And then obviously you mentioned Fifth Child, also a big fan of Fifth Child, so well, shout out to him right there. But um, I want to hear about the pieces that you um, that you wrote for this. I mean, it was just beautiful, original music. Thank you. Um, yeah. So I'm working on a new album right now. That's a big collaborative album. Mm. And I, um, wrote this piece called breathe and it's a chamber choir piece. I grew up in Jackson. I went to Murrah high school and I sang in choir and the beautiful part about creating this chamber choir piece is I got to walk, work with my high school uh, music teacher on this piece who taught me classical music. And so we got to collaborate on this piece together and he helped write the orchestra parts with another one of his like protégés. And it was just really, really fun and just dear to my heart. So I wrote a chamber choir piece and I thought it would be really awesome to involve a hip hop artist. I love Fifth Child. We've worked together on, uh, we created City with Soul for the city of Jackson. And I called him and I said, here's the piece. And he sent me back his demo. Of course, it was incredible. I mean, (laughs) every single time I work with him, it's just like magic. I just know that he's going to deliver something incredible. And he sent me back the demo. And uh, I I complimented him in in the only way that I can, which is slightly just uh, um, inappropriate, but funny. (laughs) And I said, you killed it, you know. And uh, and so we collaborated from there and and Kraft and Beck, they edit the symphony parts that uh, were written by Jack Marshall. And we just had a fun time just bringing this whole piece together. What inspired the piece? I know there's a lot of, you know, it was very social justice inspired. Is that is that right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was, it's, it's a Black Lives Matter piece. And I really wanted to just use voices to tell the story of how the mourning feels mm. for the community throughout the generations. And so the the way for me to do that, I, I thought chamber choir, let's use old, old classical style music to tell that story. And the, the piece is just that in the generational loop that happens every time we lose these historic figures or we lose people that we feel like have value in our community to racial inequality and police brutality. And Mm. I just wanted to tell the story in a different way. And so I wrote the the choir parts and, and, and then I got fifth child to do the hip hop parts, like I mentioned, and it just morphed into this, this piece for me that I feel like is, um, regal, but also ties to a current situation that we have today. And to hear those young, because it was the two glue singers that did that one. Is that right? It was, I remember it was, it was kind of, it was just so moving and kind of chilling to hear them, these young, young people singing these words. It was so moving. Oh my God. That was my favorite part. It's just hearing them sing. And I had one of the 
students come up to me, he said, this is so, so meaningful for me to have this kind of music to sing. It's about the same things that I want to talk about in my artistry. Mm. And so to see that in him, because I'm like, oh my God, like it's all of us little choir nerds. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Get our moment, you know, where we connect to a piece and, and we feel seen and we feel like it talks about something that we've experienced. And so that was just so fun for me. And they were really passionate about the piece. And that is even more exciting to have young people be excited about singing, you know, chamber choir music. They were so good. They really oh were and God, so controlled incredible. and just, yeah. I mean, we, just the talent, it was, that day was such a testament to the talent we have here in Jackson. Just, 100%. just breathtaking. And, you know, something I want to talk about, because I feel like this is the kind of project that, you know, we're always encouraging collaboration between organizations like, you know, collaboration, something that that most grants ask for if you're looking for funding and that kind of thing. And it's not easy, but it's definitely worth it. Right. So I want to mm-hmm. hear a little bit about, you know, because I want to encourage other organizations and other artists to take on this kind of work. Like how what was the process like of, of having so many artists and organizations, you know, working towards this goal together? Yeah, I think, I mean, it truly was a collaboration and that's what I loved about it is because, you know, I'm over here working on the orchestra parts mm-hmm. with Jack Marshall and Doug Browning. Right. And Crafton is over here helping me find a choir. He's like, what about Tougaloo? You know, so he's working on that part uh, Revan Buckley, of course, is working on his church, you know, and making sure that they have everything set up and the sound is right. And what, you know, and so we were all just kind of working together. And it really was just, just how we are in Mississippi. It's hmm. full of hospitality. We all just loved and nurtured each other and wanted to support each other. And I think that's what it made it really, really easy. And so I think you know, if all of us are, are managing our, our different parts, our different organizations, right? Like we were all bringing different people to the table. And it was great because I got to bring my team to meet Crafton and we all just became family by the end of it. And I think that's what it's all about. It's you get a beautiful event, but you also just get these really great relationships mm. that you want to keep working together. And so Crafton and I will keep working together and we'll keep working at Kate's Chapel and it's just going to be beautiful. Please keep me informed on that because it was yes. uh, it was amazing. And then we can, you know, we got to put the word out because people need to see this work. And, um, you. you know, something else I think that is so cool about when when artists and and organizations come together is that they bring their audiences with them. So you get audiences exposed to things they may not have seen in, in, you know, Um, so just kind of the cross section of, of people that come together. It was just really cool. Yeah, it was so fun. It was so fun and all ages, which I love. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you said something during that. You were talking about being a choir nerd and how you how you went to Murrah. <laughs> I used to teach at Power Apex. So I love Murrah. Like, you know, oh, nice. yeah, I did. For those, like my first real job out of college. I loved it. Um, still in touch with all those awesome students that I, that I taught there. But um, I want to hear about your influences as, you know, your early in life music influences that kind of set you on this path. Yeah. I mean, I grew up pretty shy, but I 
we all sang in church. And um, so I had this, <laughs> you know, kind of thing where I wanted to sing, but I was too shy. And then I finally did. And I was like, oh, my God, this is this is too much fun. And um, but I listened to a lot of gospel growing up, of mm. course, because I sang in church. And I also loved R&B um, music. And so I was a part of a, a girls group when I was in um high school and you know that was my thing and I became a songwriter and just really loved that aspect of, of writing and so I got turned on to a bunch of different types of music throughout the years it was like R&B and gospel when I was growing up and then like around 18 or so I started listening to Janis Joplin mm. and uh, Cat Stevens and like all of these old school like 60s 70s people and um, listen to a lot of hip-hop so like and then I was a choir nerd, so I learned, you know, classical pieces. So I like was able to pull from my environment in all these different places that I, you know, got to be in, in my life. And, you know, I just had influences like Aretha Franklin, uh, Luther Vandross and, uh, you know, SWV. You know, it's just like a whole list of different types of musicians. So you, just, you had so much to pull from. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I love Ani DeFranco, Tori Amos. Like, it's just, I've just always loved so many different types of music. Mm. And, and it didn't matter for me what genre. I was just always like, this is so cool and interesting. And that, I think, has kept me just um, evolving my own style of music and, and what I like to do and create. This is Leslie Barker. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show airs on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5. To access all of our past shows, subscribe to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. I'm Leslie Barker, Arts-Based Community Development Director at the Mississippi Arts Commission. And today I'm talking with songwriter and musician that is from Jackson, Mississippi, Tania Sanders. And Tania, we just got to hear your song, City with Soul, featuring Fifth Child. And I want to hear about how that song came to be. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love this song so much. Um, so um, John Salem from Greater Jackson Art Council uh, asked me to write a song for the city of Jackson. And I wanted to do something that was celebratory. So mm -hmm. I actually brought in Rita Brent. She is, of course, our world famous comedian here in love Mississippi, Rita. who we all love and just like adore. And she's one of my dearest friends, but she also plays drums with me. And so I said, hey, Rita, I'm going to do this project. Why don't you come in and play drums? But I also would love for you to co-produce it with me. So Rita and I co-produced that song together. And uh, she did all the horn parts and we got some great horn players um, in on that. And then I brought in Fifth Child. I just, he just was, I was like, 
we need a hip hop artist on this. And he, of course, was phenomenal. And that was just, we just wanted to celebrate the city. You know, we've all grown up here and we know Jackson comes with a, a bit of pain, but we, it comes with a lot of celebration and we want to celebrate the beautiful things because we create so many great artists. And um, yeah, and so we created City with Soul just to celebrate Jackson and all the beauty that it brings and the hospitality. And the video is so fun because it features all these local places that I think are just dynamic and joyful and huge staples for us here in Jackson. It is such a great song. I actually played it on another Arts Hour interview a couple months ago. <laughs> so oh, cool. it's so it has been it has it's been on the Arts Hour a couple times now. It's so great. Um, so I want to know what are some of what are some of your favorite things about Jackson? Oh man, all of my stuff is so sentimental. Um, my family still lives there, so my mom and dad are still there. So I come home a lot to see my family. And my little grandma is there and she is 87 right now. And so Jackson for me is like coming home and having a home cooked meal and laughing with my family and celebrating those kind of joys. But I also just love like seeing all of the like offbeat, you know, mm. and their great record store and seeing a, a, a good little event somewhere at Dueling Hall. You know, I mean, all of those places are really really great and bring so much life to Jackson. Uh, Apothecary, of course, I love Brent's mm. drugs. Uh, shout out to them. And just, you know, it's just Jackson has so much charm to it. Mm. And the people are so great. And I, I think it's just a lovely place to call home. I'm always so interested in, I'm int always interested in place and how it affects artists. But you've, you've definitely talked about this a bit, but is there anything else you think about when you think about being an artist and how being from this place made you the type of artist that you are? Is there anything about that? Yeah, I, th I think when you come from um, just a state like Mississippi in general, mm. I feel like you're really scrappy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> We've created some legends like, Oprah Winfrey. And, you know, I mean, we have so many Elvis. I mean, we just, it's a place that morphs really creative people that come from the soil in a way. I say that and too. So, it's like, it's come from the soil. Yeah. yeah, it is. If you're, you, you're scrappy and you mm -hmm. figure it out and it, it's got this kind of, I, like, I know we get a lot of flack of like how slow we move, but I think when Mississippians, there's something about that slowness and that that hospitality that we take out into the world that I think creates a, a really um, magic, magical thing, you know what I mean, mm. for all of us. And so um, I, I don't know, I think it's a special place. Yeah, I, I totally agree with all of that. I'm, I'm just always, whenever I talk to artists about their work from here, I'm like, what is it? Because there is something that's that, that just creates people that create things. Um, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I think we create good people. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And so, you know, while we're talking about, um, you know, Mississippi-based work, Prom Night in Mississippi has been one of your mm -hmm. really big projects. So tell us what that is and then about your involvement in that. 
Yeah, Prom Night in Mississippi features Mississippi and uh, Morgan Freeman. It's a story about these kids that have a segregated prom, I think up until 2007. And um, he's from the town. He wants to pay for them to have their prom together. And it's segregated still at the time. And um, my friend, Tabi Moyo, who works at Mississippi Film Office, she's incredible. And she also makes accessory freaks, these great earrings um, that are legendary. Um, But she was working on the project at the time. And she called me to come in and do some spirituals for it. And so I did. And I said, hey, but I'd love to write something for it, too. And so Paul, the director and writer of the film, um, called, called me for it. And he said, sure, send me what you write. And it ended up being used in Prom Night in Mississippi and The Last White Night, uh, another documentary. It was broken to two parts. And so from that came just so many beautiful things. But that story itself you know, really shocked a lot of people. And it told the story. And of course, it showed the parts of our state that hadn't progressed at the time, and Mm. so far beyond. And I was just lucky enough to write something that I I felt like really connected with the film. Mm -hmm. I'm just so I'm curious, because I I love music, I love the way music, I'm a theater person. And I use music a lot in, in rehearsals and in my shows. And how on the other side of that does it feel to hear your music underscoring a story? Because your music's a story as well, but then, you know. Yeah, I'm always so, um, I'm always so shocked. Like, it's just a a surreal moment because you watch something and you're like, that's my voice (laughs) (laughs) underneath this moment, you know. Um, At prom night, it's at the very, very end. And I joke about that. I'm like, you got to watch the end credits because it's at the very (laughs) end. Like the credits are rolling and my song is playing. And um, but it's it's weird. I had something featured in uh, Kit Williamson's show, Eastsiders, Mm. and it plays in this really beautiful place. And it's just like crazy. I just kind of freeze a little bit and then go, wow. Oh, my God, this is my life. It's it's my dream, you know. It's really really fun and and humbling at the same time. Do you have any like favorite moments of just seeing your work out there in the world that that had that effect on you? Oh man, it happens all the time. I think my favorite, and this is going to sound a little sadistic, but are tears. <laughs> I get and it's that. Tears at sh- yeah. <laughs> And it's tears at shows. And I love it when um, men in particular come to mm-hmm. me at shows and and, and they, they're crying and they're so emotional that I've like connected with them or made them feel something. Um, I just, I think the vulnerable moments for me are probably the best part of my job. It's mm-hmm. like where I feel like the most validated because you made somebody feel something. And um, that's a luxury. Mm-hmm. To me, so I, I get really excited about that. I think the accolade stuff is really fun. Mm-hmm. You know, you just can see it in real life, but the emotional parts for me are like the most validating. Oh, that's that's amazing. So you. you have several albums. Tell us, yeah. <laughs> tell, us, tell us about about your work and where we can can hear. It. You know, just tell us about it. Yeah, I have 
seven albums out. That's a lot of work. Think, yeah, it's quite a seven quite a career. Eight. I think it's I think it's eight at this point. It's no seven out. I'm working on my eighth right now. Uh, yeah, that's a yeah. I've been yeah. I've released my first record in 2004, I think, and I've just been uh, going ever since. Um, but yeah, you can find me at uh, Tania.com, which is T-E-N-E-I-A.com. And uh, my music is under Tania or TaniaSanders.com. Um, and then I also had a, a side project called Heart Society. That is, is a really great project that I released years ago, too. So yeah, I've been doing this for a lot of years. Um, I still love it. I don't know. It's It's what keeps me up at night, but what keeps me excited <laughs> too. So you can find tons of videos uh, on YouTube as well to, to look at and, you know, see me perform live. If someone's going to check out your music stylistically, what are they in for? A lot of different styles and, and emerging of styles. Um, I, I say to people, if you see me with an acoustic guitar, it's a, you know, folk kind of soul show. Um, record it, things are different and, and live, they're different too. So it's, um, I, I say I'm a, a folk soul uh, singer-songwriter. Have you, has anything changed over the years from the first album to now? Have you explored different, you know, different styles and genres? Oh, yeah. I mean, constantly. Um, I think when I first started out, I was a lot more folkier. And then now I'm I'm a lot, I feel more soulful, but also more uh, open artistically to just throw different things mm. against the wall more, you know, I'm taking a lot more risk in my creativity. And uh, so I think stylistically, I'm a little bit of everything like the heart society stuff is real rock and roll. And I've got some uh, rock, some folk, I got I got a little bit of everything for everybody. I think it's like a pot of gumbo with a side of fried chicken. <laughs> oh, nice. Perfect. So we're going to get to hear another one of your songs that I want to hear about this, like the significance of this one for you. It's called Don't Come For Me. So let's talk about that one. Yes. Yeah. That was, so that was on my record that came out in 2020 called Black Empress. Uh, I love that record. And Don't Come For Me, I wrote when I was going through uh, my divorce. I, was, I went through a divorce in 2019. And I just remember like having a moment for myself where I was like going to be combative. And I thought, Oh, don't come for me. Don't come for me. It basically means like, have a seat. <laughs> We're not doing this today. Back off Satan. Um, and so, <laughs> and so I wanted to create a, a song for that. And it just, I just channeled my anger in that moment to don't come for me. And uh, yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun little read song. I, I, I love that one. And as you know, talking about like kind of channeling your your feelings into the song, how how does that work for you as an artist? I know that I, as for all artists, like that's what we do. But how does that you know how's that kind of therapeutic for you? Oh man, it got me through. I mean, it got me through like the toughest times in my life. Really, like channeling art is is probably to me one of the healthiest ways to like do. Uh, if you're going to do anger, you know, mm. you kind of do it. Um, and then it, it also is just like this beautiful release to me, too, because I created like a song like Move on Black Empress, too, which I performed at the um, mm. the Mississippi Symphony Orchestra show 
uh, by myself and with the orchestra behind me. And, um, and so that one was like a therapeutic one to write at the time where it was like a way to get my tears out, you know, my sadness. And so it, it can work in a bunch of different ways, but I just love having creativity as this tool to navigate my emotions while also doing therapy. Right. You know, <laughs> and, and so I'm getting it in a bunch of different ways. It's great. You know, I want to touch on the song move for a bit that you had with the symphony playing behind you. Tell us what, what made you choose that song for that event and what it felt like to have the symphony playing behind you. Oh, that was so fun. Oh my God. Okay. Um, you know, Crafton called and he said, I need a second song from you. And maybe it's just one that you sing because I was going to write another one. And we just decided I would just sing something. And he said, I need something like light. And I said, oh, I, I think I've got the perfect song. And so I picked move and I sent it to him. And he's like, this is great. This is like exactly what I need to end the program um, in a way at that section. And so it felt really so like a surreal moment to sing it with an orchestra behind me. I, it was like a, my Mariah Carey moment. Oh, I bet. <laughs> it was like, you know, all the things, right. It was so fun, but it was also really uh, just validating to be able to sing and look out into the audience and, and see people be moved, you know, and people have an experience there. And I felt I felt the same way. And so it just, I feel like it was a connecting moment. This is Leslie Barker. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show airs on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at five. To access all of our past shows, subscribe to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast using your favorite podcasting app. chalkboard chat it's an mpb education podcast it's a variety show providing information and resources for teachers students parents guardians and everyday people on various topics it's learning something new with every publication chalkboard chat find the podcast or listen from chalkboardchat.mpbonline.org This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. I'm Leslie Barker with the Mississippi Arts Commission, and I'm talking with musician Tania Sanders. So, Tania, we've we've been talking about some of your some of your past projects, and I want to get into what you're working on right now. Just tell us what you're creating these days. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on collaboration um, as a big thing I'm working on right now. Like I said, I'm collaborating with the Mississippi Symphony Orchestra and we're going to record that piece, Breathe, together. Oh, wonderful. Um, yeah, with Fifth Child and hopefully two Lulu Chamber uh, singers as well. And so, so I'm working on that. Very, very excited about that project. And I also collaborated with this uh, group that I met through American Music Abroad and um, a CAC fusion group in Tanzania. And they're incredible musicians. And so we did a collaboration via Zoom um, a, a little bit uh, later last year. And it was just so incredibly fun and great. So we've got songs in Swahili and English. And, and so I'm just really doing some 
fun collaborations that I'm really excited about right now. Oh, that's incredible. And I'm glad you said that because I want to ask you about American Music Abroad and what that is and your experience through that. Yeah. So, oh my God, it was such an incredible experience. So um, the U.S. State Department has a program called American Music Abroad, and they send uh, 15, 16 bands um, international Mm. every year. And so they pick the bands and they send them all across the world and it's a cultural exchange. And so American bands get to go and learn from, um, you know, maybe musicians in Thailand. I went to Africa, I went to Tanzania and Nigeria. And so we got to learn from them and like wow. learn about their culture, but also learn about their instruments and, and their clothes and, you know, eat and just celebrate life. And, and so it was just a beautiful experience where, you're getting to do really fun life things, but you're also getting to teach too. Mm. And so you come in and you collaborate um, with other students, but you also teach them maybe about social media or you teach them about, um, you know, how to write songs. And it was just great. I made so many friends from that that I'm still in touch with to this day and even help with the collaboration with a group from, from Tanzania that I spoke about earlier, CAC Fusion Group. And, um, it's just, it's, it's incredible. And so I've still, even though I haven't gone abroad with them again, I went in 2019 to uh, Tanzania, Nigeria, I've been working with them online. So I've created some content for them that we've used for black history month, women's history month and pride month, and been able to create some really beautiful work together. How, how did that time influence you just as an artist and a human and as a musician? changed my life. Yeah. I mean, it really changed my perspective on just music in general and how important it is to just go out into the world and experience a, a different culture, not only for your creativity, but I also just think as Americans, we can open our eyes to so much more. Mm-hmm. And there was so much value in how they perform, but also how, um, they loved people and their generosity too. And so, um, it, it just changed my life. And, um, yeah, I, I, that program is really, really important and it, it, it's, it's great for artists. How do people get involved in that program? Yeah. So you, you can apply, uh, the applications come available every year, I think in maybe December, I'll have to check the dates on that, but it's AmericanMusicAbroad.org, and American Voices is the company that actually does the uh, scouting for the bands and everything. So uh, I can give you guys some links for that also that you can put. Um, yeah, it's, they're they're great organizations. I'd never heard of that. That's so so cool. Yeah. Oh my god, it was it's so fun. Yeah. Did you perform with each other while you were there? Yeah, we did. So the first, when we were in Tanzania uh, with CAC Fusion Group, we all played together. And uh, one of the most magical moments when we first got there and we just all started playing for each other, they started grabbing instruments when we were playing. Rita was playing drums and I had this guy. Oh, Rita went too. That's so cool. Yeah, Rita was my drummer for that tour. And it was so fun. And we were playing one of the songs and everybody just started grabbing instruments and playing and we got video and it was just like high energy. Like we've been playing together for years. I mean, it was just this really beautiful connection and we, we made so many memories with them, but we got to perform 
with them also on stage and, and collaborate. That was a huge part of it. What a testament to how the arts break down any barriers, like language barriers and cultural barriers. Do you have any thoughts on that and just how you witnessed exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah, because there, I mean, there were times where, and, and even during the project, like uh, that I worked with the group in Tanzania, but even in person, like there were times where we couldn't understand each other, but like rhythm wise, and and just groove wise it's like we spoke the same language mm. it was so fun to watch and fun to experience it's like culturally you're all connected in this this way where you understand rhythm in the same way like it's so cool oh man that's that's incredible and i look forward to that collaboration that you're working on yeah, thank you. I, you know when you were talking about that and how you you were able to collaborate via zoom yeah. Do you think I'm, I'm so also like so interested in how COVID shifted us like our culturally as artists and just do you think that would have been something that you guys thought about before the way we've been living since COVID? I wouldn't have 100 hmm. percent wouldn't have. And I remember thinking, um, <laughs> am I even tech savvy enough to like do this? You know what I mean? Um, but it ended up working. Even if you have latency issues, it was just so fun to do. And I actually captured all of the, the footage and made it into a, like a mini documentary series. And so it's this fun thing to see the collaboration that we did on Zoom when they're in Tanzania and I'm here at my place, you know, in New Orleans. And it's like we're going back and forth in different time zones. I mean, it really zoom and like the way we can connect online has really changed the way that I've even for sure thought about I'd ever collaborate. That's so cool. I mean, really, yeah. when you think about the limitless possibilities, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. You know, and audiences obviously have shifted. The way we experience art has shifted, but you know, Again, I mentioned I'm a theater person. You're a live performer. There's something that will never, ha never have the same effect as that live interaction interaction with performer, artists, and you know, audience. So I know just from from what I've you know from seeing you perform and from reading about you that the artist audience connection is something you're super passionate about. So let's I want to hear about that from you. The artist, say that one more time, the artist. Just the, the artist and audience connection and what that connection with a live audience means for you. Yes. Oh, my God. Um, so I love the energy from a live crowd. And I'm at a time now, I just turned 40 in November. Yes. Yeah. I'm very excited about being 40. Uh, it's been a great year for me so far. That's amazing. But the... the yeah, it, 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 I, it, life just keeps getting better. I tell people that all the time. But anyway, um, there's been this like transition for me where I just kind of value being prepared, but also creating so much spontaneity at my mm -hmm. shows. So for instance, last year I was touring in California. And if I saw somebody in the audience that I felt like was like dancing really hard, I would just bring them on stage. I just in the middle of the show, just be like, oh, you, you, what's your name? And I'd be like, that's Bob, Bob, come on stage. And I would make Bob a part of my stage show. And it's something like that for me that it's created this like fun thing where I just have given up on 
caring in a way that's like made me feel small on stage. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like, well, let's just see what happens. Cause I want to be entertained too. <laughs> Absolutely. You should be. <laughs> and it's always, it always ends up being so much fun. And I think that's what I take. I take these dynamic moments where I can have moments of spontaneity. And then it makes the audience really excited, right? Because they're invested to see what Bob is going to do. Exactly. (laughs) And then it just becomes this thing where we're just all having fun. And I like, I love those kind of elements at my live shows. And, but I also love the like heart connected moment Mm. moments. And so I like to incorporate a little bit of everything. So you never know. It's like a mixed bag uh, on stage with me. And I think it's just, it adds something to the audience that I I think that they value because Mm -hmm. they like having fun. You know, I, I mentioned before, I've mentioned a couple of times I do theater. I don't perform though. I I write and direct, but I always tell actors, if you're having fun, the audience is going to have fun watching you. And what you said about, I want to have fun too. I think that's, it's for them as well. People love watching people do the thing that they're loving and being passionate about. I think that's amazing. Exactly. And I mean, I'm always prepared and that's, I think, and that's a level for me of like, you know, prepare. It's like uh, prepare for everything and then be open for spontaneity. Mm. And that's what I, I do. So it's it's about like, since I've been preparing, shall I say, oh, throughout the last, you know, 20 years or so, it's kind of given me the space to be like, okay, you know how to prepare. And now let's just see where, where else we can go with this, you know? And I think that just, um, I think it creates just so much value for everybody. Oh, yeah. And, you know, talking about the preparedness, I think you're absolutely right. Like that gives you the freedom to to play and to try and um, because you know that you know what you're doing. And with that, yeah. I want to hear what you would tell, what advice you would give to a young artist or a young musician who may be looking to do what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so th- like, let me try to do three things. Try to keep this <laughs> short. Um my grandma, the best advice I've ever gotten in my life is from her. And she's like my little favorite person. I just mm. love her. She's ah, she's so cute. And she always said to me, be yourself, mm. always. And so I, I grew up just being like, I'm just going to be me. Like I was always that person. And I want all artists to feel that way, to be yourself, because that uniqueness that you have that weird thing that you have like nurture that don't try to fit in your value is in standing out and being yourself the second thing i would say is like work on yourself work on your craft and it's inner outer for me so it's like work on your inner world right Mm -hmm. like what is your inner thing whether you pray whether you meditate whether you work out whether you take a bath i don't care what it is (laughs) something for your inner life and then your outer life too. So work just as hard there, right? Like work on your craft, work on what you need to do every day to get to where you need to go, like strategize, figure out how to be like a person that has a strategy. It doesn't always have to be a like everything going as planned, but figure out what your strategy is, right? That's going to be key. Um, and then the, the third thing is like trust yourself. Mm. 
a lot of people are going to tell you stuff like when I was first coming out and I love telling the story because somebody will relate to it. When I was first starting out playing guitar and singing, I auditioned for this like A&R guy. And uh, he he said to me and uh, oh, I auditioned for him and then I had a CD at the time and he played it and I had five songs and they were all different genres. And he said, nobody's ever going to buy your CD with all these genres on it. Mm. And I could hear this voice in my head that said, that's not true. Don't trust that. So being the rebel that I am, I trusted myself. And a year later, I remember I was playing Chris Gill's set break. I love Chris. Uh, it wasn't Chris. <laughs> it was in the street. And that guy came up to me and I had sold it out of my little CDs that I bought, the, the, five, the five songs. And he said, wow. I can't believe you sold out all the CDs. You know, I listened to that CD again. No, he saw me play live and he goes, I think you're on to something. And I was like, ding, ding, ding. And I remember that because it was a validating moment for me to say I was right because I know I'm bringing something of value here. I'm I'm different. And that's going to be cool at some point. Right. Yeah. And so I had to trust that. And so I want other artists to believe that and trust themselves more than they're trusting a trend or somebody that should, you know, it's like, I'm the A&R guy and I know. And it's like, well, but that doesn't work for everybody. So trust yourself and be in your authentic self and work on your heart, you know, work on your inner and outer life and be you. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much for that. We're almost out of time. It always goes by so fast when I get to talk to these amazing artists. Tania, it has been amazing talking with you, and I'm so excited to see what comes next for you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so grateful for you guys. And thank you to the Mac once again for the grant. It has forever changed my life, but also our community. So that is very, very important. Thanks for listening to this MPB Think Radio podcast. MPB depends on support from listeners, so if you can, please contribute today at mpbonline.org. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart devices podcasting platform.